Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. So let's turn. You know where we're going. We're in the chosen fast, Isaiah 58. Turn there with me. Isn't it amazing how rich God's word is? How much truth and rhema and anointing and revelation you can mine out of this passage. In every chapter of the Word of God is like that. How many are thankful this is a living Word? Amen? It's a living Word. And we're thankful to be in the Word today. The chosen fast. I'm gonna, I want to uh, kind of segue my way into this message. We've been studying. And, and let's look at a couple of things here. Let me tell you some things that I know as a pastor that people don't want to talk about, but they deal with. All right? You know, Sunday morning, uh, typically you come to church. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fine. Things are great. And it might not be that good. How many understand what I'm saying on the inside? Do you know some people sitting in this room, some people listening to me today, love Jesus with all their heart, but they've gotten a little weary. They're a little tired. You know, sometimes it's hard to wait on an answer to prayer, isn't it? Sometimes we get tired. Uh, But I got some good news for you. God has a refreshing for you today and tonight. There's some things that, that, that we're human. We deal with that. Do you know you can be tired and still have faith? Do you know you can be a little weary and still love God with all your heart and be pleasing to the Lord? So so we're going to look at some things, but I want to reestablish this. We're we're going to begin and read a few verses in Isaiah 58. The chosen fast is a fast that's all about the heart. Now, we did did some, some fasting. We did 10 days of Daniel fast. But if you read Isaiah 58 and really get the message... It's about the heart. Someone say, my heart. You know, God, God's telling Israel here, he says, I've had enough of your religion. I want to check on your heart. Okay, today, will you permit me to be Dr. Sawyer for a little while? I, I'm going to be a Holy Ghost cardiologist this morning. Can I deal with your heart for a few moments today? How many are willing to really let me deal with your heart today? See, that's what this fast, this chosen fast is about my heart. Not what you can see. But what God can see, all right? And when we get there, there's amazing promises. for. So it's about the heart. This fast is about freedom. It's about freedom. Do you know freedom is the calling card of true Christianity? I want to say that there's nothing else, no religion, no organization. There is nothing on this planet that has the calling card, the DNA, the, the distinction of freedom like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you see, we're not about going through the motions. We're not about just putting on a good face. We're not about uh, just, you know, uh, getting together and talking about our problems. And, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're not a crybaby society. You know, we're, we're, we're not a I'm depressed, you're depressed group. Okay, so, so you say, well, Pastor, I've had to deal with depression. Well, You're in the right place because we're not going to talk about it. We're going to tell you how God will give you freedom from that. See, our message is inclusive. You say, well, you know, you you believe the Bible and you live by what the Bible says. Yes, I do. Every day. And so you're you're going to follow scripture even if it goes against political correctness. Yes, I am. You're going to stand on the word of God even if it isn't a woke thing to do. Yes, I am. You mean you're going to stand on the word of God even if it flies in the face of culture. Yes, I am. But here's what you need to know. We are inclusive in that. You say, well, how can you do that? Because our message is come as you are. 
Come whoever you are. Come from wherever you've been. But we don't stop there. See, that's part of the message. But the DNA of Christianity is freedom. We say come as you are, but leave as he is. See, there's a freedom connected to that. We're not intimidated by the strongholds of life. Something may have you and hold you, but our message is Jesus can free you. We don't play games. We don't cover it up. We don't squander the grace of God. We say grace takes you where you are, finds you where you are, but works in you until our life begins to change. You understand that? And, and, and this fast, this chosen fast, is, is, is for people who want the real thing. It's for people who say, I want my heart right. I don't want to just go through the motions. Are you with me? This is a, this is a fast about the heart. So it's a fast about the freedom that comes only through Christ. And so it, it, it's for somebody that, that may be a little weary. See, this, this chosen fast is not just for the top 1%. This is for somebody that's barely, barely making it. How many hears what I'm saying? This isn't just for the, for the, you know, the Christian superheroes. How many know what I'm talking about? This is for the guy who says, man, I barely got myself here today. Okay. This, this, this is what it's for. But did you know that, to, to, to be honest and really understand this, let's, let's, let's look at this. Beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah 58. See, God is dealing with his people. And, he, and, and it's a big deal because he says to the prophet, I don't want you to murmur this. I want you to go shout this. This needs to be heard. Okay? So he says, shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion. Now, I'm going to read some scriptures today that, that uh, aren't read very often. But you said I could be Dr. Sawyer today. You said I could be the Holy Ghost cardiologist. So we're going to get the x-ray machine out. In fact, I'm going to do an ultrasound. In fact, we might just go on in and, and do 3D imaging. So we, we, okay, all right. You said yes. So uh, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. Now, that's a word for this nation we're living in. How many with me? You know, we say in God we trust on our money, but I'd like to know what's on our hearts right now in this nation. But I'm not going to go there. So look at verse 3. See, these people are playing games with God, but they're upset with God. Because you see, verse 3, they say, well, why have we fasted and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you never noticed? Wow, accusing God in that condition. Yet God answers them on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. You exploit your workers, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. In other words, see, with just a physical fast, it wasn't spiritual to heart. So you got hangry. That's all that happened on the fast. You, you didn't get holy. You just got hangry. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you probably could just go ahead and eat in that Snickers bar. It would have been better for you and everybody around you at that moment. Let's go on. Your fasting ends up in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Now he asked this question. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying on sackcloth and ashes? 
Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to me, the Lord? Now again, here's the answer. Here's what we've entitled this whole month. We've given to God to start the year. He says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? A chosen fast. What does it do? Now here's the freedom. You have to see the freedom when we really get to the heart. He says, to loose the chains of injustice. See, not just talk about injustice, but set people free. Are, are you with me? To untie the cords of the yoke. For people to leave church set free. <coughs> Pardon me. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And then here's the feeding thing. It's, it's inseparable to a chosen fast. It's amazing. <coughs> he says, is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then, notice the thens and the ifs now. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Yes. Your healing will quickly appear. Yes. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The next time the devil tries to sneak up on you, he's going to bump into God. <laughs> In other words, in our language, if God said it now, he'd say, I got your back on this thing. See, that's what we're reading. It's amazing. Then, see, there's the then. You will call and the Lord will answer. He, you will cry for help and he's not going to be way over somewhere. You're going to cry for help, but he's going to say, here am I. Mm. Here's another if. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, here it is again, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. See, people get weary because they're carrying burdens, oppression, uh, unresolved issues. And when our hearts in a place. See, you can't earn this. It's not religious ritual. It's really the opposite of working. It's surrendering and saying, God, here's my heart. God, I want to get real with you. I'm tired of going through the motions. I, 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 want, to, I want to be real. In other words, this fast is for someone willing to see, is God real? This kind of fasting, this kind of, of, of pursuing God where we are is about that. But, but I have to show you this, and, and, and this is pretty staggering. Have you ever thought that, that God gets weary sometime? Now, you, now that's, a, that's a unique thought, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the Bible tells us, you know, you, he's God, and he never is tired, he's never weary. But, but in this prophecy that kicked this Isaiah's message off, God said, you know, I just need you to know you're making me tired too. Let's go to chapter 1 and verse 11. I want you to turn there. We, we've got to see this, Isaiah 1, 11. How many want all this stuff? Okay, thank you. So it, it's, it's, if you'll stay with me, it's going to get really good. But we might have to walk through something to get there. How many are going to go? All right, so, so watch this. We understand what it's like to say, you know, I'm tired of the motions. Uh, 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 it's, it's, it's weary sometimes for me. But I'm encouraged because Isaiah 58 has such amazing promises. But God said, you got to see this. Verse, verse 11 of Isaiah 1, are you there? He said, watch this now. He says, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? Wow. 
Now, now, now these are people that the law, these sacrifices, what he's addressing here is their only way to approach him. He's talking about what we call going to church. In that dispensation, this is how you approach God. This is, this is going to church. Everybody with me? This, okay. So he says, you know, what is all that to me? Says the Lord. Watch this. I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams, and the fat of fat animals. He said, you think you're going to give me something I don't already have? He said, I've got all that stuff. Woo. Watch this. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? <laughs> this trampling of my courts. He said, I'd rather you stay home. Then bring your stuff in here and act like you love me. Is anybody still okay? Everybody okay? Do we need to break out oxygen yet? Is everything? Okay, just stay with me. We're good. So he says, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. When I read this, I'm like, Jesus, help me. Anybody else just kind of grabs your attention here? You know that, that beating, that's that heart exam going on right now. Aren't you glad you got one in there still? Okay, all right. So it's getting quieter by the moment. I got to hurry. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbaths, and convocation. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. Your new moon festivals and your appointed feast, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. God said, I'm tired too. Uh, I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Thank God it's not the end of the chapter. Come on, stay with me. He's not through yet. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. But then God says, I mean, he's, he's reading their mail. Come on. This, this is not the word you want when you say, I need a word today. <laughs> Come on, tell the truth. Somebody said, you know, prophet so-and-so and prophet so and so you can go over there. They're, they're going to give you a word. Well, that's not the word you were hoping the prophet was going to say over you today. Come on, tell the truth. So God is, this is nitty-gritty. This is where the rubber meets the road stuff. But this is the goodness of God. He said, you worn me out. I don't want to hear your prayers. Keep your offerings at home. Quit trampling on my house. And then he says, in verse 18, but come now, oh, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Isn't he a good God? I mean, he's talking to you at your worst moment. He said, but I want you to know you're still welcome. Come on. I want you to know I'm still who I am. And your sin hasn't changed who I am. Your rebellion hasn't changed my character. Your failure hasn't changed my faithfulness. I still want to tell you, if you want to come, I'm right here. If you want to come, we can change this. If you want to do something about this, it's not too late. Somebody needs to say amen. 
He said, come now, watch this. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Come on, thank you, Lord, that if I messed it up and blew it up and tried to cover it with dead religion, you see through it and you're still willing to tell me, come on close to me again. Come get out of that place. Move out of that failure. Don't die like you're living right now. Quit playing the game. I know you're tired and I know you're weary because you're carrying sins that only I can lift off of you. But if you'll come reason with me, if you'll bring your heart to me, I'm going to change you from the inside out. Do you see that? He said, I'm going to make it right. Look at this. If you are willing and obedient, who says I'm willing? (laughs) God, I'm coming. I'm not just coming, I'm running. I'm not just kind of, I'm going to pursue you. I might knock you over when I get to the altar. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best from the land. The grace of God. The goodness and mercy of God. He says, you know why you're tired? Because you're separated from me. Because you're going through the motion, listen to me, with an unrealistic expectation. You're wanting your sins lifted and your, and, and, and your heart washed and your prayers answered. But he said, I can't do it while you're playing the game. So I love you enough to confront you. And tell you the truth. Because all the goodness is still waiting on you to come to me. And even though you've not tasted it in a long time. He said if you'll get your heart right. I still have everything right here. That I've planned to give you. Is anybody hungry this morning? He said you'll eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel. You'll be devoured by the sword. See. I know that's strong. But I know it works. I know the word heals. I don't apologize for the word. I don't apologize for the truth. It's the truth that sets us free. So you see this dynamic. You see that, that, that God has said to this nation, he said, this is enough. This is enough. You're, you're, see, sometimes if, if you're not careful, you'll misinterpret God's mercy for his approval. He said, well, the ceiling hadn't fallen on my head. That's the mercy of God. It's not the approval of God. I'm out here in a far land. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm I'm, I'm away and, 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 and nothing bad has happened. Oh, yes, it has. That's why you're tired. That's why you're weary. That's why you lost your joy. That's where your peace has gone. See, and and, and we're missing it. And so God says, come on, come on. Let's reason together. Let's, let's be real. Let's, let's get this thing. And so what happens, the chosen fast is for people who say, I want my heart right. I, I, I want my first love. You, you understand? I, I, I want, I want to, to be everything and do everything that, that, that God wants me to be. Look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. We, we, we need to look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. See, it, it, it's, it's about loving God. How many here heard what I just said? It's not about the ritual and, and, and all these things. We, we, when you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, see, this, this is what... This is what God is saying. I believe to Calvary. I believe to his church at large. And, and, and he said, Let's, it's not the ritual. It's not the routine. It's not the things that have worn you out. 
It's about your heart. See, 2 Timothy, a young pastor, there was a word God gave him. And, 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 and Paul wrote this to him, chapter 1, 2 Timothy, verse 5. He says, Timothy, he, he was praying for him. And he said, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. He said, you have a sincere faith, young man. He said, I remember what that's like. Okay, let's keep reading. He said, and for this reason, I need to remind you today. I want to remind you, Timothy. Are you with me? He said, you need to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hand. He said, God's imparted something in your life. Are you with me, church? There are gifts in our lives. There, there's faith in our lives. We've encountered God. He's real. This isn't a, a, a ritual, a dead routine. He said, Timothy, there's, 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 there's real things in your life. There are gifts and faith in the presence of God. But he said, here's what I want you to do. You, you need to fan that flame. Everybody with me? You need to fan the flame, uh, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us, are you with me, a spirit of timidity. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. But, but what did he give us? A spirit of power. Come on, church, say that. A spirit of power. And, and what? A spirit of love. And self-discipline or, and, 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 or sound mind. And so what, what we're seeing is, is the same thing Paul said to Timothy. Timothy, periodically, are you with me, church? You need to pursue God on purpose. Periodically, you need to fan the flame. I've told you before, I, I, early on I would read that verse and I would, and I would misunderstand it. Because I would say, God, fan the flame in my heart. God fanned the flame in my heart. And that was a good prayer, but that's not what the verse said. Look at it again. Who's doing the fanning? Timothy, not God. He said, Timothy, you need to fan the flame. Church family, you know, if you're, if you're spiritually getting worn out and tired instead of running from God, instead of, in, instead of finding an excuse, why don't we just say, I want to get back to the fire in my life. I need to fan the flame. I need to pursue God. I, I need to get in this place where, where something is vital again. Something's working again. You know, I, I'm going to say it for all the pastors in America. Is it okay? Can I talk for the pastors right now? See, right now, there are people who say, you know, I'm just tired of church. I'm just tired of church. Um, you know, it, it, you know it just, it's not doing what it used to do for me. And, and, you know, I'm just tired. Well, you know, you weren't tired of church when you first got saved. Don't shout me down. You weren't tired of church when you just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you weren't tired of church when you were serving God and in your word and praying. You couldn't wait to get there. You know, there was a time you didn't know what anybody wore. You didn't know what anybody, where they sat. You didn't know what they drove. You didn't know anything. But I came into the presence of God. You know, sometimes if we say we're tired of church, we ought to just get tired of ourselves. Come on. And say, it's not my church. You know, what's that old song? It's not my brother or my sister. But it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Come on. See, I've always found that if I want a revival, I don't have to worry about somebody else. I can draw a circle and get inside that circle and say, Lord, start a revival inside this circle right now. Then I don't have to vote on it or talk about it or find somebody else. If I want a revival, it's here. If I'm tired of God, I need more of Him, not less of Him. If I'm tired of serving Him, I need to fan some flames in my heart so I can move on. Everybody with me? Let me show you somebody that was tired. Go to Luke chapter 10 
and verse number 25. The important thing was he went to Jesus. Luke 10 and verse 25. Anybody uh, tracking with me today? Are we hearing and seeing and, 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 and saying, God, do something in my heart? Come on. Are we really willing? God, my heart is yours today. I want you to work here, God. I'm ready for what you promised me in, I, in Isaiah 58, Lord. I, I'm ready for that freedom. I'm ready for the reality of your touch on my life. And I'm just daring enough to say, God, here I am. I'm a living sacrifice. We sang it. Let's do it today. Luke 10, verse 25. Here's an encounter, all right? It says, um, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, see, this man was an expert. He knew the law, but he wasn't sure Jesus was who he said he was. But this man was tired of his religion. Everybody, everybody with me? He was tired of the ritual. He was tired of the routine. And even though he wasn't sure that Jesus was who he says he is, he had to come. He had to find out. He had to see. And so he says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said, well, what's written? You know, he says, how do you read it? And he answered him. See, this man knew. He said, my answer is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now watch this. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. And then he told him, do this and you'll live. Here's the problem when religion's working, not your heart. All right? Look at the next verse. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, now, come on, let's define this. Who is my neighbor? See, he came to him weary of the law. Tired of the religion. Are you with me? And he says, so what do I need to do? Tell me. And Jesus says, what are you going to say to you and I? Tell what does the word say? He said, well, if I understand the word, it says I need to love God with all my heart, soul, and strength and love my neighbor like myself. He said, you got it right, pal. You got it right. Well, he answered the question, but he didn't like his own answer. Because he said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, I got to love God, love myself. Oh, I got to love my neighbor. He said, well, wait a minute. Let's not get crazy with this thing. Who's the neighbor? Is it just the people that are my same race? Is it just the people that live in my area code? Is it just an Alabama fan? Is it just an Auburn fan? Come on, let's really mess it up. Is it just a Democrat? Is it just a Republican? Wow. See, <laughs> I almost need an organ right now. I feel the creep coming. <laughs> see, 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 who's my neighbor? Is it just somebody young and trendy like me? Or is it just some of us old folks because those young folks don't even know what they're talking about? Is it only the people who walk uphill in the snow to and from school? Is it only the people with the Bill Gaither eight tracks? Is it only Gen Z? Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Jesus said, anybody that needs you is your neighbor. But here's what I want you to see. 
Because it always goes back to the heart. He, he said, what do you need to do? He, it, it's not complicated, guys. Let's bring this to It's not complicated when we understand it's a heart issue. Because he said, what's this whole thing? He said, you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. See, where does this freedom, these amazing freedom promises come? Listen to the statement. I said it last week. I want you to get it. Freedom is the byproduct of the presence of God. Freedom is the byproduct of the presence of God. How am I set free from an addiction? How am I set free from a stronghold? How am I released from a generational curse? How do I escape the sins of my fathers? How do I overcome a habit, an addiction, a fear, a depression, a prejudice, an anxiety, a bitterness, an unforgiveness. How do those things change? Trying harder, holding your jaw right, going to the right class, getting the right study Bible, getting the right guy to sign their picture, laying your hands on the TV when somebody lays their hands on the TV. No, your freedom comes when you're in the presence of God. And he said, sir, I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know this thing isn't adding up for you. So let me ask you, what do you know about the word? And he knew it. Listen, but he hadn't done it. He said, you just need to love God. And when you love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, you know what happens? When I draw close to God, he draws close to me. When I, when I ask, he answers. When I seek, I find. When I knock, he opens. See, that's the God. And he said, if you will love him, you know what happens? You'll be free in the presence of God. Freedom begins to generate in your life. What did the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 3. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have two Many people trying to understand Christianity from their intellect and never giving him their heart. It's not just an intellectual process. It is an encounter with the living God. It is an awareness of his spirit that envelops my life and rattles me to my core and sets me free from things I could never Talk myself out of, work myself out of, earn my way out of. But in the presence of Almighty God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, freedom comes on me and I walk a different walk than when I came in. That's why we tell you the truth here. It's not that I don't love you. If you're in a lifestyle that's against the word, I love you. But I love you too much to lie to you. And I'm not going to appease you to please you. But I will tell you the truth. And the truth will set you free. And you can thank him for real freedom. But then the thing that trips us up. He said, I'm not through. We like to love God. He said, it's one other thing. You need to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now listen to me, church family. Do you know that more people trip up on the love yourself than the love the neighbor? Did you hear what I just said? See, because if I'm acting mean, unkind, impatient, critical, of other people. You know where those actions come from? A wounded, bruised, bitter, broken heart. 
Do you know why we can't treat each other right? Because we haven't gotten ourselves right. I haven't brought my heart into the presence of God. See, my actions are not what earn the presence of God for me. My actions are a result of being in the presence of God. That's why it says, come as you are. Come whoever you are. I'll take your baggage and your trouble and, and, and all this. Because, see, if, if, if I really begin to love God. Now, see, you, you know, come on, let's get real. Uh, if you love somebody, you want to be around that person. I, I've told, see, I always use Phyllis for my illustration. That's my own earth illustration. How many know what I'm saying? See, see once I met her, but when I fell in love with her, I, I worked on ways to get around her. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't have a car. I borrowed cars to get to 786 Fairwood Drive, Dallas, Texas. I knew how to get to her house. I went to church where she went to church. I, I, I figured out ways. I worked my work schedule around. I said, what's your work schedule this week? And then I set my work schedule up that week. I just happened to show up where she was. I just happened to be there. I was like a bad habit. Every time she turned around, there I was. You couldn't get away from me. But see, when you love somebody, proximity comes in. Come on, tell the truth. You understand what I'm saying? So if I love God, I'm going to be in His presence. And his presence is going to change me. My nature begins to come like his nature. Come on. I begin to love what he loves and hate what he hates. I begin to want to be with him more than I want to be with anybody else. It's where I breathe freedom. It's where I have life. It's where I know who I am, know who he is. Anybody with me today? See, if you're here coming to church today and you're still over in Isaiah chapter 1 trying to just get it done with the offerings and the outside and the inside, you're going to be tired. But one you walk into the presence of God and he becomes a real God the spirit of God begins to change you something happens on the inside and when I get healed guess what you want to be around me (laughs) I become your new best friend see because I can't love you till I love me I can't get it right with you till I get it right with me I can't bring healing to you see hurt people hurt people Wounded people wound people. Mean people act mean to people. But when I've been healed and delivered and restored and accepted and I know who I am in Christ and the Holy Spirit has given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, then I quit acting the way I was acting and and I can begin to love you because I know God loves me and I, I say I'm okay. I'm okay. Some of you folks need to forgive yourself today. You need to receive mercy in your life today. You need to love yourself. And that's not arrogant or selfish because if you don't love yourself, you're never going to love somebody else. See, and so freedom starts being released. Let me close with this. Go back to Isaiah 58 and verse 11. And I won't get to say everything I want to say here, but we got some important things to do. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. I want you to find that, please. And I want you to go. We've read those first 10 verses. And when we begin to get this heart thing right, love God with all my heart and love my neighbor like I love myself. See, we're, we're going we're gonna to treat people right when we've been in the presence of God. How many can say amen to that? We're, we're going to begin to treat people right because we see what he sees. We love what he loves. So as part of our fast, yeah, we want to feed hurting people. Yeah, I want to get it right with my family. I want to stop pointing my finger at folks. And, 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 and see, because all those things we project on other people are really because something's not right for me. Do you understand that? 
all those things that, that everybody else does wrong, it's really probably because I'm not right. Come on, don't shout me down. It's easy to blame somebody else, isn't it? You know, if they would get right, I'd be okay. If, they, if, if, if everybody was perfect, I'd be okay. No, you'd mess it up. Everybody is perfect. But when I begin to love God, see, it goes back to the heart. That's what this chosen fact. Freedom happens in my life. It happens between me and God. It happens with me and everybody around me. This is real stuff. Look at verse 11. Let's end with this. <clears throat> Here's the promise. I want our ushers to get ready for communion. Would you do that right now? We're going to have a very special communion. I can't wait for us to do this together. Worship team, come on and join me. Now, when we read verse 11, we're going to end here. <clears throat> Pardon me. We, we don't get, we don't recognize, we don't see what every Jew he wrote that to was reading at that moment. Are you with me? We go right past it. It grabbed their attention. They instantly knew what he was saying. So these 10 verses of Isaiah 58, here's a true fast. Get your heart right. Don't go through the motions. You know, there's going to be freedom for you. And this is what God says I'm going to do when you get there. Look at verse 11. He says, <clears throat> pardon me, please pardon me for all this. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Let me water the garden for a minute here. We read that, and that's a blessing, and it's wonderful to us. But instantly, Israel says, that's the exodus. That's our story. Look at it. He says, remember Israel? What he's saying is when your heart gets right, it's not a thousand things. Love God. Come in His presence. Freedom begins to happen. Watch this. And, and, and they said, oh, look, the Lord's going to guide us. Now he led them through the wilderness. He's going to guide them where? In, in a sun-scorched land. And he's going to meet all their needs. Oh, this is, he's talking about that. He's reminding us. When your heart gets in this place with God, when this chosen fast begins to work through us, he says, Israel... When you stop going through the motion, he said, remember what it was like. Come on, give me two minutes here. Remember what it was like when we first started? Remember when you were over here bound in Egypt, crying for deliverance and freedom? And I walked into that moment and I set you free. And we transitioned from slavery to freedom. Are you with me? He free. He said, you remember? And they're like, oh yeah. We, we, we've heard every story. How, how you led them in a sun-scorched land. How you provided for them when there was no way to be provided. How manna fell from the sky. How water came out of the rock. See what he says. In this sun-scorched land, I met every need you had. He said, if you'll walk with me. Are you listening, Calvary? If you'll give me your heart. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to change your identity. We're going to move from 400 years of slavery into our promised land. Anybody with me? This whole thing's about freedom. He says we're going to walk, and I'm going to be with you on the journey. Listen, there may be a little transition. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? You're going to have to let go of Egypt if you're going to get in your promised land. You're going to have to walk with me and trust me, and I'm going to be your source alone. See, until you're in a place where all you have is God, you're never going to know that God's all you need. 
And so he says, I'm going to guide you. As we walk through this transition, anybody willing to take the journey? Anybody willing to go from where you've been to where he is, from bondage to freedom? He said along the way, I'm going to be right there. Remember, here am I. He said, in the day, I'm going to lead you with a cloud. And he said, at night, I'm going to lead you by fire. See, sometimes it has to get really dark before you see that God is really right there with you. Sometimes the light has to go out before God can turn his light on. Sometimes everything you counted on has to leave you alone before you see the fire of God. He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to bring water out of the rock. He said, you're going to be refreshed and made new. It's going to be whole. But I need your heart. Let's don't play church. Let's don't play games. Let's don't go through the motion. He's basically saying, come, come to me, all you that are weary. He said, come, let's reason. How long are you going to carry things you don't have to carry? How long are you going to struggle under the weight of what only I can hold in your life? He said, let's reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, be white as snow. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.